Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. And their temperature balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The smart beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com you're the mom the maid the keeper of the cookies you do it all and you look good doing it it's parenthood on a mother level here's your host denise hanitka hi everybody I'm Denise Hanitka, and this is On a Mother Level. Thanks so much for joining us for a brand new episode today. I'm going to read you a few statistics, okay? And maybe these won't come as a surprise to you, but they were to me, okay? In the spring, before the pandemic hit, women were launching more than 1,200 new businesses every single day. That's roughly twice the rate of men. The article in Market Watch goes on to say, in 2019, 21% of employer businesses had majority female ownership. Okay, that was before the pandemic. Women-owned businesses have been disproportionately impacted, one study even finding that the number of female business owners dropped from 5.4 million to 4 million in a matter of two months. That's a 25% decline. The loss of one quarter of female business owners is considered unprecedented. And as this study in the National Bureau of Economic Research finds out, this may have long-term ramifications for job losses and economic inequality. I bring up these statistics with some good news, though, on the horizon, because today I'm talking to Mariah Danielson, and she owns a graphic design and personal branding business called Wander Design Co. And she is in the Quad Cities area. And when I asked her to talk a little bit about, you know, how she describes herself, the two words that really stood out to me were, she's your hype girl, okay? And I don't know if you realize this, but we all need a hype girl. And in this conversation, Mariah is my hype girl because I talked to her about some insecurities that I have in defining my own brand and the direction of this podcast and where careers go from here and all those questions that maybe you've asked yourself. Now, if you're listening and you are a mom who's chosen to stay at home with your kids, don't turn this one off. There's something in here for you too. We're going to talk about why this concept of a why statement, why having a personal brand applies to you too, okay? So I don't want you to hear this and think, well, I don't own a business, so this isn't for me. I think this is for any woman who has a dream, who wants to know a purpose. 
and who maybe wants to turn 2021 into their best year yet. So here we go. We're going to start this episode with a little drawing of the cards. Okay, so I pulled from the Super Attractor deck for Mariah Danielson. Oh, and stick around for the end of the podcast. We're talking Bachelor again. Okay, so here's Mariah and the card that I drew for her. As soon as I choose to see the light in dark corners, I redirect my power towards what I want. Ooh. As soon as I choose to see the light in the dark corners, I redirect my power towards what I want. Does that mean anything to you? I I do I do kind of think it does. Um so when I did my why discovery or found my why two years ago, I did it myself, which you're not supposed to do. <laughs> I was able to do it and I loved my why statement, but last week I had someone help me find my why. And so I could come up with my, basically my other themes that, that became my filters. And one of those is to always find the bright side. So I really love helping people who want to help themselves and helping people who can see that bright side or see something good that can come out of the dark. And I feel like just until I discovered that that's something that really needs to be in place for me to like love a project, it's changed my mindset on what I want to do next or who I want to help or any of that. So it's kind of like if you can see the, the light in even the darkest, there's always hope and you can, you know, strive for better things and yeah. just learn from, learn from the dark. Well, and let's face it, we've had a whole bunch of dark. We have. It's been very dark. But I also um, have found ways in the last year to grow myself that I never would have done before, I don't think. Interesting. Um, had I, that time. I really got clear on what I wanted in my business and what I wanted that to look like. I got a business coach. I was in this business coaching group. And so I got to be part of this group of women for think it was eight weeks and we all just got deep and then built each other up, which was really great. I don't know. Yeah. I launched programs. I learned how to balance helping my kids with schooling and working from home. I really got clear on what I wanted and what I wanted um, my life and business to look like. And I just started to make it happen. And I don't know I would if I would have done that had 2020 not been so 2020. Well, and hearing that you've been working at home with your kids for the past six years, I mean, the pandemic was made for you. I mean, you're like, this is my moment right here. We don't have to leave. I don't have to go pick anyone up from like, we literally can't do anything. I just have time to work and my kids can stay in their jammies all day, which is their favorite thing. So (laughs) it was pretty, pretty perfect for my type of work. And, and honestly, my work boomed because what better time to, you know, go out on your own than in a pandemic when you can't leave the house, you're just at home thinking about all those dreams you have. And then you need a logo or you want to get clear on what those ideas are. And I had a great 2020. In so many ways, 2020 became the year of the pivot. It became a year when a lot of people did exactly what you're saying, which is, what am I doing here? Why do I do the things that I do? And do I want to keep doing them the same way into the next year? And for a lot of people, it was 
no, I don't want to keep doing the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. For me, I decided at the beginning of 2020, actually I was, I was at Alt Summit in California in early March. That was like the last bit of fun before everything shut down. And I decided at Alt Summit, which is a conference for um, designers and bloggers from all over the country. And I decided I was going to step into the role of leadership in all areas of my life. That really came to fruition in so many different ways. It really was just taking control of, of what I wanted and going for it. I wanted to go to more national parks and I went to three last year and I'd only been to one before that. Like, so in a pandemic, I went to three national parks. It was great. Um, We found a church and we wouldn't have done that had we not like sat down and watched different church services. Um, We would have been too nervous to probably church jump or church hop. So we were able to, to sit down and figure out what church we liked. And now we, you know, we found a church during the pandemic. I launched a program. I... I, I really just decided I was going to become the leader that I'd always wanted to be. I mean, it worked. I just decided it and it worked. So I mean this in the nicest possible way. And this is more a reflection of me than a reflection of you. What in the world gave you the confidence to do that? I, don't if I think know. in my head like, oh, I want to be a leader. My first thought is, yeah, but everyone else would never believe you that you're a leader. You know what I mean? Definitely. How do you get past that internal narrative? Because mine yells at me all day. So I think I had been wanting to step up for about three years. I just felt like I couldn't do it though. I felt like, no, my job is to support other people in their passions. I, I didn't, I didn't have the confidence in my work. I didn't have the confidence in really in making decisions, even like as a wife, I, I just felt like I shouldn't step up or I didn't need to, but I think I just really, something hit me and I was just like, no, it's my time. It's my time to actually step up and pull my weight for myself, pull my weight in my marriage as a, you know, as a mother and just make the decision and go for it. Yeah. I do think, so when I was at Alt Summit, I actually got to go as a graphic design expert. So I did free brand audits for any of the attendees. And that really helped me see like, oh, wait, I, I do know what I'm doing. So if I just trust myself that I know what I'm doing, you know, life's wasted when you just wish, wish away everything you want. Yeah. Without taking action on it, I think. You, to me, just from lurking on your Instagram for a long period of time, you are part of that group of female entrepreneurs that really doesn't care what anybody thinks, that doesn't do anything for anybody else other than what you're doing. And I admire that so much because it it seems to me like you live in a world free of worries about anybody else's thoughts, opinions, judgments, or anybody's ideals of what you should or could be doing. Right. Finding that group of women, it's an awesome group of women here in the Quad Cities. It's not like anything I've ever experienced. And it's what I had wanted to find for so many years. I quit my corporate lead graphic designer job in 2012. And I think from there until... 2016, I was just lost trying to like, 
Um, I would say when I was pregnant and right after I had my second son, probably my lowest, I just kind of let people walk all over me, clients and friends. I just didn't have the strength to know what I wanted, I think. And so I let other people decide for me. Actually, in finding this group of creative women, I found my ideal client. And from there, I was able to really just focus on working with those people who are ideal for me. And it it literally changed every aspect of my life. Just finding the right community changed every aspect of my life. Um, I definitely like still worry about what other people think. I just think the support of the people I have around me right now is unmatched. Like they're just genuine, awesome women who just want to build each other up and help each other out. I really like that. And it's, it's so important. I mean, that's sort of what the podcast has become for me is a little bit of a, you know, a different way to connect with people just by sharing some experiences just of this wild ride that is being a mom. So. Right. And that's one thing I love about it too. My, I mean, my boys have they've always come with me to meetings. My office here is in my playroom, just having them play next to me or come with me to meetings or even collaborating with friends who have kids and our kids play while we work. It's just that understanding and knowing what each other is going through and how you might be late to the meeting because you've got to deal with kid stuff. That's totally fine. Whereas if it was any other setting with other people, they might just might not understand it and think it's disrespectful or I don't know, not even acceptable. It's just this understanding I feel like we all have with each other and it's great. I'm glad that you found that community and that it's made such a difference for you. Definitely. You know, at first glance, the concept of graphic design and personal branding maybe don't seem like they mesh, but when you really dig into it, it's like one can't exist without the other. It's so true. So true. So I absolutely love doing branding for people. And I, my favorite part, I think, is asking them the questions and learning about them and who they love to work with. And though, like learning about those people too, because I think um, you have to have a brand that really represents you for it to be, be authentic, believable. And it's just that no like, and trust factor. If you if you're sharing about your life within your business and um, it just feels really honest, then people are going to trust you more. They're going to feel like they know you as a friend and they'll just be more likely to buy from you either now or in the future when they need whatever service you're offering. Cause they feel like they know you. Um, they have had that insight into your life and um, have created that connection with you. That concept of they're not buying a product, they're buying a passion and they are like getting that contagiously from you. If you're doing it right. Yes, definitely. (laughs) I think so. And I do think that does come from knowing, knowing your why and your purpose. And then once, once you, you find your purpose, which sounds so like out there. And to me, it's a hard balance of explaining it to people in a down to earth way. That's not like, Oh, find your purpose. No, it's like an actual thing and it's all rooted in your past and you just bring all that forward and it's made you who you are today. And it's giving you this um, kind of a filter for, for how to make decisions in the future based on how you just are as a person. 
And so I think it's really knowing that and knowing what you love to do and how you work at your best that really helps you put that best foot forward and attracts the, the attract those perfect right people to you. Because I, I'm going to tell you, if I had to work with like a very corporate business, I would have a really hard time. I love the like working one-on-one with women-owned businesses who just understand the ins and outs of this world and how how different it is and how hard it can be and how worth it it is once you actually dive in and and can bring something that you've made yourself to life. So let's talk about this concept of a why statement. Number one, do you think it's something that, let's say you like someone like me, for example, I like, I'm just a regular old corporate foot soldier. You know what I mean? Do I need a why statement? What if I have chosen to stay home with my kids? Do I need a why statement? Like to the women who are listening, you know, who do all sorts of things, do they need a why? Yes. I, everybody, everybody, I think needs a why statement just because if you were to ever change career paths or go back to work or find a passion after your kids have left, instead of not knowing what you should do next, it kind of gives you a roadmap to what would be a good next step. You could have a career in one field and like something very particular about that field that's drawn you to that. And if you were, or even the even the business you were working for in that field, if you were to work for another business in that field, you, it might not have that same feeling. There'd be something missing. Um, and it would probably be that purpose that the company had. You were there for that purpose. Um, the company had a purpose and you really felt strongly tied to that. The next company you work for might not have that purpose. And then you might just get burned out and bored with your work because you just don't have the emotional tie to the company anymore. Mm -hmm. So what you would need to do is find a company who has a passion that's similar to yours and that first company you worked for. It's just uncovering what your values are kind of, and it just gives you that overarching theme for your life. You don't have to have a business to, to find a why. I think your why is it, it's it's bigger than any business. It's how you are with friends, family members, coworkers, or clients if you do have a business. So what is it about a why that sounds so intimidating? It almost seems like a deep therapy session where we're gonna uncover some some real skeletons in the closet. It people do get worried about that. They think a they don't have stories, which is what I thought. I had a pretty easy childhood, and nothing really crazy happened. Um, or people have stories that they just don't want to bring up, and it's really not the actual story that matters. It's the the feelings and how you felt in that moment that really makes the difference. And so I I generally have women bring me bring like five to eight stories and we go through them and it can be, it doesn't even have to be deep things. It could be tiny little things. It could be a memory you had with a parent or a mentor, a story about a mentor you had in high school or an art teacher that believed in you, anything like that. And just the feelings you felt in those moments. And I would say after about two or three stories, I can start to see the connection in the story. So those themes that pop up more than once, And so we just take the themes and spin them into this statement that every single time the women I work with say, this just feels like 
everything I've known about myself, but have never been able to, to say. Hmm. And it's just, they, they're able to finally explain themselves. I just worked with one woman who she told her therapist on their last appointment together, her why statement. And her therapist said, this is what I've been hoping you, you would see in yourself for the last four years that I've seen in you. So it is kind of that dig deep, but in an hour and a half for our, the first call, it's like, you've dug deep, you've told your stories, we have these themes, here's your, here's your purpose. And what's really great is the general why or purpose doesn't ever change, your wording might change, but it's that theme that is in every area of your life for the rest of your life. And it, it doesn't change. Interesting. Yeah. And so, I mean, when you hear that, when you hear someone say, yes, like they've read the person the same way that you've read the person and, and that person feels satisfied and feels like they found a home in this statement. I mean, that's such a win for you. I just love helping people. (laughs) And I feel like this is just like the best way I could help someone. Um, Even my husband at one point, because all of this, he's kind of like, yeah, I mean, whatever. But at one point he said, women like need and want to find their purpose and you're helping them do that. That is huge. And that was like, oh, even you believe in this stuff too. I, I don't know when you wrap your head around having this statement that really pulls your whole life together and kind of brings in what you hope for the future too. It's just amazing how clear you can get then moving forward. So you do this in a couple of ways, right? Like you do it if you're working with someone on like a brand and a design and a website sort of a situation, but you also host these retreats when conditions allow. And, um, I just did one two weeks ago. Okay. So, um, in that case, I have everyone partner up on zoom and breakout rooms and they tell each other their stories. So I pop into each room just to kind of gather some of the themes so I can help for further. Um, and that's actually how I do it when I do it for in-person retreats too. Um, we did one up in the Northwoods of Wisconsin. Um, I did it with a photographer friend and a friend who owns leather goods business. Um, we held a retreat up there and we did a partner wide discovery up there. So in the connections between women, then the partners is amazing. So now they've, they've each like they, you just get to this new level of understanding for someone. You might have something in your, an idea in your head about how someone is, but when you hear their story and, you know, help them find their why you're just connected. Then it's just this deeper, less small talk and more like, let's just get to the nitty gritty of everything and um, connect that way. So, yeah, I agree. And I think that's something a little bit that comes with some age too, once you're busy and you have kids, you're like, I, I don't do the acquaintances anymore. I don't do like half-ass friendships. Right. Right. It's gotta be like, and I do think that's part of what this Quad City creative community of women is like too. We're all just kind of like that. We don't want the superficial. It's just, let's get deep because you know, life is short and I want to know you, not just this outside shell of you. So, yeah. 
let's give people a better look into who you are then. So your boys are six and four. Yes. You're a boy mom. You're doing a lot of the same things that I am with uh, the dinosaurs in particular. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Scoping out your Instagram, you are a hoarder of houseplants. Talk to me about that. I don't know. Uh, my mom was a houseplant hoarder. She was an OG. And uh, I- <laughs> yeah, Way before it. it was cool. Yes. I think I just had in my head, I am never going to have that many plants because they're just <laughs> everywhere. But then I got one and kept it alive. I was like, oh, I could, I could keep another one alive. And then my husband also, he loves outdoor gardening. So he- really ramps up the outdoor garden and I keep all the houseplants inside alive. I don't know. Our goal is to become master gardeners at some point. Now I'm, I'm trying my hand at propagating all sorts of different plants. What does that mean? So basically breaking off pieces of the plants you have and having plant babies. So my gosh, you're breeding. (laughs) I am. It's bad. I need to not do it because I'm just, it's going to be overrun, but um, it does come in handy when you need to set up your house as a Jurassic Park movie set because you just you know the dinosaurs can just hide in all the plants and it's perfect everybody wins so you're also wearing your signature look right now which is the hats I am yes okay so talk to me about what it is about hats that speaks to you I think one day I like I really wanted this hat and I spent a lot of money on it and I thought I'm just gonna be a hat person like the only way I'm going to become a hat person is if I wear hats and everybody thinks I'm just a hat person. It'll just come true. So I, I literally and figuratively wear many hats. Yeah. I don't know. I just love, love how it can change up a look. Yeah. And I love to cite. Yeah. Cause not everyone can be a hat person, but if you declare it, it is. I think anyone can be a hat person. I've always thought I had a weird shaped head, but <laughs> I really just wanted to get out of having to wash my hair so often. So the hats make it all work. Well, it's my firm belief that the most important piece of progress we have made as women is all agreeing not to wash our hair as much. Uh, right. It's the yeah. best thing ever. Yeah. I really want to applaud us on that oh. agreement across the board because it's really made a huge difference in my life. Yes, for sure. <laughs> so, I mean, do you feel now like you're doing what you've been wanting to do or to, or do you evolve from here? Like what's your next step now? So my word for this year is peace. I just okay. want, I want to feel peace. I want my home to be peaceful. I want to be at peace with how I showed up each day, whether I sucked at being a mom or whether I sucked at my to-do list. Um, I just want to be at peace with it all. And so less of that hustle and really just working smarter and even narrowing in a little bit more, like narrowing down my, um, what kind of work I take on too. There isn't enough time in the day to get done everything that everybody wants me to do. If I can narrow that down to just the things that are really fun, then I show up better as a wife. I show up better as a mom because I wasn't stressed out all day working on a project. I was having so much fun with it. And then I can take that into the evening playing with my boys or, you know, having fun making dinner or something. It's hard for me to dream because 10 years ago, had I dreamed, I would never have dreamed this up 10 years ago. I was working corporate. I thought I was climbing the corporate ladder. And then I got introduced to the world of entrepreneurship. And I was like, I have my own legacy to build and that I want to leave. 
So I do have like some goals. I would love to own a, own a design studio either on a flower farm or downtown. <laughs> um, I, we want to own old buildings. We have our own vintage and handmade shop too. So um, we would love to own old buildings and I don't know what we would do with them. Just yeah. we want to own them. And then um, I would love to write a book. I don't know what about. It's just always, you know, right now in my head, it would be about why discovery, but who knows, you know? Yeah. Start my own podcast, have a team, like a big team of women, not a big team, like five people. I want five people to work with me. And I don't know. It's it's hard to put really specific goals out there. Honestly, I'm trusting God to show me what gifts I'm supposed to be using and how. Well, you're on the right track. I would work for you. (laughs) Perfect. You're hired. Just we'll figure something out. (laughs) So you're so creative and, and such a dreamer and a doer. Tell me a little bit about your husband. How did you meet? Oh, he was, uh, he was bass player in a, like a emo band. Um, (laughs) so we actually met, we grew up two blocks from each other, but he went to Christian school So I didn't really know him. He was two grades older than me, but we played at the same park every day as children without knowing it. And then, Oh, that's um, bizarre. We went on our first date when we were 18 and 19 and literally never like we were inseparable after that. So he accident, he actually accidentally told me he loved me on our first date. Oh, so, (laughs) um, but yeah, so we just, um, yeah, we've just grown up together and we kind of fuel each other's passions. He has big dreams too. And I would love for someday for him to be able to, you know, step out on his own and have the confidence to do that. Yeah. So that's kind of my goal too, is to be able to grow my business to a point where he could follow his dreams. Sure. Also. Sure. Do are men motivated by the same things? Like, do they, do they want to find that purpose and the why, or is that like a losing battle trying to get all woo woo with him? We keep saying we're going to do it. And I, Oh, I like, I analyze him quite a bit, <laughs> but, um, I think we'll do it eventually. Uh-huh. It's just finding the right time. He's so creative. He can redo anything. So right behind me, I have a mountain rock climbing wall and that was his idea like he got on Pinterest and found the ideas or we have like this accent wall that he put this grid on everything is his idea and I'm just here to take pictures of it and share it and then everyone thinks it was my idea I'm like no it was all his so going on your first date at 18 and 19 years old how have you guys been able to like grow and evolve together you know because I'm sure at those ages you know everybody always says like oh you know you're never gonna marry this person that you know you met in high school and blah, blah, blah. Like how have you guys evolved together? He's just a really, really great support person. I think we just try and support each other in our dreams and we love to dream together too. So that helps. We have a lot of fun. We've owned an antique store together. We've traveled before kids. We had a lot of fun before kids too. And then it took us a while to get pregnant. And I'm kind of thankful for that time also, because we've just had all the years together. But then kids is another another whole journey. And I do just think we balance each other out, even our parenting styles. And it's never boring around here. (laughs) What's your recommendation to a woman out there who's hearing this 
and feels like it all makes sense, but doesn't know what's the first step. What helped me was I took a course, just like a marketing course or something online, and it really sparked interest. And then it led to taking another course and really getting myself to dream about what what it is I liked and what it is I really wanted and what those crazy dreams were. And then how can I actually break that down and get there? So I think if, if you just, I don't know, sometimes I think as women, we don't necessarily allow ourselves to dream that big because it just feels so unattainable. Um, but if you just sit down and think about who you want to be in a year, even in 10 years, um, and then just start working towards who that person is. Thank you, Mariah, for being on a mother level and for answering some questions about a why. And I hope you took something away from why finding a why is important. I'm going to stop saying why. You can find her on Instagram at Wander Design Co., And she shares a lot of the projects that she's doing. And she has an Instagram highlight that shows other people's why statement. So you might feel some inspiration from that too. Big news in the Bachelor world, you guys. This week, we have confirmation that Dale and Claire from the last season of The Bachelorette have split up. But since recording this recap episode coming up in a second with Lauren Jackson, there's been a development that I want to share with you. Okay, so Dale this week came out with this statement, and it seemingly was kind of out of nowhere because there weren't necessarily major rumblings going on about the status of their relationship. So Dale wrote on Instagram, I wanted to share with you all that Claire and I have decided to go our separate ways. We appreciate the love and support we've received from so many people, but this is the healthiest decision for both of us at this time. Well, then a while passed, and I mean, that's a pretty one-sided statement, so we never really heard much from Claire. So, just now today on Instagram, she writes, I was made aware of a quote-unquote mutual statement at the same time you all were, so I've needed some time to really digest this. So is this like a uh, Selling Sunset Justin Hartley, Chrishell situation where he's announcing their breakup on Instagram. This is super fishy. So she says, speaking for myself, my intentions with this relationship have always been clear. So the truth is I'm crushed. This is not what I expected or hoped for. And I'm still trying to process this. Her statement goes on um, and she ends it by saying, I will continue to show up, stand by my word and be committed to love. So that's where I will transition into my conversation with um, Lauren Jackson. Lauren's a little harsher than me on Claire. Um, And I don't want to sound too like I told you so, because I think we all feel a little I told you so about the Claire and Dale relationship. Um, But I hope this opens some better doors for her to find someone that she's better matched with, because I just don't think she gave it a fair amount of time. Um... And gave him a fair amount of time to be totally in this with her the way that she wants him to be. So we're going to talk about Claire and Dale. 
Lauren is also going to talk about this next episode um, that aired this week of The Bachelor with Matt James, where um, the lady drama took center stage and we saw some serious bullying involving a huge pack of women in the house versus one woman who ultimately ended up leaving. So the recap, here we go with Lauren Jackson. I did definitely think that Dale and Claire were going to break up, like no shocker there at all. I really dislike Claire, like through and through. I just liked it the moment they said she was going to be the bachelorette. I was never interested in that. Um, But I did give them two years because I at least thought they would ride their little fame wave for a minute. Like Dale could not even hold on tight while they were still going strong. I mean, we're 10 minutes into Matt James's season. Like Tasha still talked about, Claire still talked about. Right. I thought they would wait a little bit longer just for the fame. Well, that's why I gave them a year because I thought the fame would at least kind of just plug it along for a little while so they could make it through. Like they would show up at the end of Matt James's season at the, after the final rose or whatever. Like I thought they would go to a few more events. Now we obviously will not know exactly why they broke up, but one of the articles, I think it was us weekly said Dale wanted to live in a big city while Claire was happy in Sacramento, you know, where her mother is. Okay, this is exactly what I was talking about and what everybody else was talking about when we said, like, this is never going to work. I mean, these dum-dums can't even figure out, like, what their ideal living location is. And I want to be very clear about something. You know I was a fan of Claire. You know that I wanted her to find love. And you know how disappointed I was in all of her actions. And so, like, I'm sorry that this that has come to this. I'm sorry that, once again, Dale is not Claire's person. But for me, the blame falls squarely on Claire. And I hope that she, I hope that she learns finally some lessons. Like, what is this girl going to learn? Like, you cannot force a fairy tale. You cannot fast track your way to a fairy tale. I, ju- I just don't feel Which, like she the bachelor anything. process is already a fast track already. You know, and you couldn't even do that. Like that was too much for you. That was too um, slow. It was not. Yeah. It was not as intensive a moment as she would like. I just, I'm so angry with her because I feel like she could have done better for herself if she had totally just- Stopped it because I feel like some people are going well you know she was probably pushed out by the producers no I do not believe that I believe she made her absolute own decisions she laser focused in on Dale and it ended up being a huge mistake well I've seen a lot of like gossip and rumors that he's been like out at bars in New York or like restaurants like kissing women like yeah they've been Claire have been broken up for like quite some time yeah I Um, saw on that do you follow that Dumois on Instagram Yes, but it's kind of confusing and I can't keep up. <laughs> well, they've been say- they've been saying on there that they've been broken up since November. Yeah. Well, I I would not be surprised. I also think that Claire really just like she just fumbled the bag. I mean, you know how hard it is to be the bachelorette 6 years after you were in the franchise at all. Don't laugh in my eye. Um I'm not laughing at your eye. I'm definitely laughing about the sock. <laughs> Guys, my eyes watering really badly. This is a common issue that I have. Please send in suggestions on how to solve it. Uh, and I'm using a sock to dab it <laughs> that I was wearing, which is even grosser, but it was, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, okay. Back to Claire. She totally fumbled the bag. I mean, you were, you hadn't been on this franchise in like six years. You only got in because they decided that Peter's 10 year old children were like, not the move either. So they thought maybe they'd older it up. That didn't necessarily work because Claire was like screaming at everybody every episode. 
you know, I don't think just because Claire knew she was ready to marry Dale doesn't mean that Dale knew he was ready to marry Claire. Right. And I don't think she gave him the respect of he deserves the process too. Right. It's not just when Claire's ready to find a husband. Like I deserve to have time to know if I want to be with you too. And he, she didn't give him that. So I don't feel bad for her whatsoever. I mean, it does stink. I do want her to find love. It stinks that she's single and she wants love so badly terrified for myself. Um, I'm going to be Claire. It's terrifying. It just, she made so many mistakes and she wanted to be the exception. She wanted to be, they wanted to be that stupid story that she said that the, both of their parents had where they met, you know, and then got me. I mean, it's just, you don't get to make exceptions for yourself and you don't get to fast track your way to what you want. I mean, and and it's like, parents met. Who yeah. cares? Remember, but they both were like, oh, we both had whirlwind parent romances, which what, what does that have to do with anything? Nothing. Literally uh, what? I could give two, I could give two craps how your parents met, my parents met. I mean, if it's a sweet story, it's a sweet story, but that doesn't but mean it has that's nothing how, to do with anything. Your life has to go. And I'm well, sure she's going to give some interview to Chris Harrison coming up here soon, or she's going to go on some Caitlin Bristow, Nick Vile podcast. You know, I may, maybe I should have trusted the process, but I believe in what I did. Dale and I had real love and I know it's out there for me and other women who are my age. And she's going to do some nonsense like that. And I'm just going to say, that's not how you really feel. You are screaming and crying because Dale is making out with people at bars and you are single and taking care of your mom in a boring part of California. So let's transition into The Bachelor because when I was watching this episode, you said the last 30 minutes are all anyone's going to be caring about. And you were 100% right. The drama was so like, I just wish they would have panned the camera up or tilted it up so that we could see the producers carrying the girls on their marionette strings and just like (laughs) watching the puppeteer at work because it was producers playbook 101 executed to perfection i wish that i was a bachelor producer they are having a great time being so vindictive (laughs) so evil and they get paid for it and that's great okay so let's do let's let's play a little game okay okay you be the bachelor producer and i'll be sarah okay you tell me what you think they did to get her to do all of those things, starting with getting her to interrupt on the first group date that got everybody all rowdy. Okay. So I would have like, killed her. So well, I'm, 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 a former, I'm, I'm a former broadcast journalist. I'm Sarah. Like I had a one-on-one and things are going really well for me. Like everything's well, great. Well, that's me. great, Sarah, but you're not a broadcast journalist. You're an influencer. Just get that straight. Sarah, I just want to tell you, Matt already wants to pick you. He told us, He's already in love with you. He wants to pull a Claire. Um, oh my God, we, really? You know, so you need to go talk to him. But but it's really bad because all these he's now attracted to all these other women who just read him these unbelievably sexy stories. Wait, so, so now like, he's, but on the on the date, like he you like he's liking some of them now. Yeah, he he cares about you less. He's he told us that. So you need to go and make sure that he knows that you're feeling insecure now. Well, because when, that's like, important. when can I t- when can I talk to him though? Because like he's on that group date like right now. Well, it's your journey, Sarah. I want you to know that. And and whatever you want to do, we will support, you know, and it's well, up to like, you. What if I went in there now to like talk to him? Cause I'm feeling really worried about like, you know, after our one-on-one, we were really like, we were really vibing. So like, 
I, I mean, I don't know. What, like, what? I mean, I think you absolutely have to go now. I, I, I don't know. I mean, you and Matt, like, you might not get a rose. Like, you could be eliminated if you don't go talk to him right now. Oh, my God. You're so right. Okay, and say yeah, nothing. Let's... Make sure you barely talk about how you're feeling, though, because <laughs> if you say too much, you might scare him off. Okay. She said no. nothing. <laughs> okay. So I've just talked to Matt and now I go back to the producers. Um, okay. So I talked to him. Like, do you think, oh my God, like I talked to him. I think, uh, I think everything's going to be better, but I mean, just, I'm just feeling so nervy right now. Like, oh, do you think that was good? I don't think, do think it's better. I, do you think I, that was good? No, it didn't really go that well. Cause you kept getting interrupted by Katie, which is so I know, rude. She should I know. know that this is your time so offensive I think you're just wait you're need to talk so to do you again. think the girls are going to be mad at me now though yeah they hate you but wait. I think if you say sorry a bunch of times oh. they'll totally forgive you it's like a sorority they love you you're their okay. sister okay they've all seen your heart don't that's forget that's true yeah I mean because they like they yeah if they knew yeah okay so I mean do you think I should just like just like say sorry or yeah I think you need to say sorry a bunch of different times and <laughs> Just explain to them that it's your relationship with Matt that's on the line. And and he really likes you the most. Okay, so were there like two or three sorries based on like them yelling at her? And then she went back to Matt at some point to be like, oh my God, again. So does she, she, I feel like there were three different apologies and three different like Matt conversations. Yes. So there was the original Matt conversation where she broke the group date. And that was, if she had something to say, I think it would have been fine, but she legitimately had nothing to say except for she wanted Matt to like make her feel better about being insecure. Well, so Nick Vile says that there's like a curse. Like if you get that first one-on-one date, like you are the most messed up in the season because you are the first person who thinks that you've created a connection with him. And then like, now that you don't have another date to look forward to, you are the first to go off the deep end. And this is like the perfect example of that. Yeah, it really is because now he gets to spend all this time with other people and you, you forget, feel, you feel forgotten. You have nothing to look forward to right. because you already had your date and you just get to sit there and watch. Right. And basically getting the first group date or the first one-on-one date just says that he thinks you're really attractive because that's all yeah. he knows about you right now is that you're pretty. He has a right. barely, and that you can hold a two minute conversation. Like <laughs> it's not like he, you know what I mean? It's not like I felt a connection and you finally get your date. So do you think it was wrong of her to interrupt either of the dates that she interrupted? Do you think, do you think her offense was as great as the women were treating it? Okay. I do think she was wrong to go and interrupt the group date just to tell Matt literally nothing. Um, I think it definitely could have waited. She, she super could have waited, but then again, she was like throwing a fit in the stairs during that group date, like pouting, like what a child. I was so turned off by her behavior. I found it disgusting. Like sit down, shut up and laugh at these other women having to do something embarrassing um, and be glad that you don't have to do this. Right. I would not want to be on that date. I would. I fast forwarded so, through that date. It was so snoozy. I don't, I just don't, no. I don't enjoy <laughs> listening to bleeping. Like there's some podcasts that bleep and I'm like, no, like either swear or don't, but do not bleep. No, I have no interest in the bleeping because what is fun for this? We don't even know how scandalous it was. Like, what did they actually say? And I bet the Bachelor producers bleeped out stuff they didn't even need to bleep out. Right. Just so it so, sounds filthier than it is. Right. So I thought she was throwing a fit. Um, so I do think that she was wrong for that. I don't think she was wrong for staying in her room and not coming to sit downstairs when, when Matt went to pick up another girl on her date. She needed some alone time. She wasn't in the mood. She wasn't feeling good, whatever. I don't think that that's a big deal. Unless they're required to be sitting down there and she didn't do that, 
maybe, but like, if it's not a big deal to sit in my room and you know, the producers told her stay in your room, you're not feeling good. You're, no big yeah, deal. You're not stay into in your it. Room. And then they sat in with the girls and they were like, is Sarah coming down? Like where, like, where is she? Is she not going to come down? Because like, she should be down. Don't you guys think she should be down here with you? I mean, that's what makes this episode both good and bad because you could see the tricks that were taking place on both sides. But I mean, it was like the juicy kind of drama, the ridiculous stupidity drama. I loved it. (laughs) that, That you watch the show for. I mean, we are talking about 20 girls bored off their ass in this house, in this freaking hotel. Any sign of somebody who's like not following the rules. And I, like, you know, I would be right in the thick of that drama. I would have been like, get her down here. This is ridiculous. She's going to interrupt Are again. you kidding me? Unreal. I would have dragged her down by her hair. <laughs> but as an outsider looking in, I don't think she was wrong for staying up there. I thought Matt was wrong for going to talk to her again. We're just letting her have this little kid stomp my feet, stay in my room behavior. You're supposed to be picking up another girl on another date. I don't think that Matt should have done that, but I do think he's like playing this nice guy card or whatever, but I just, I don't think he should have done that at all. Like you're kissing her. You're telling her you're going to think about her before this next date. Like that's so hurtful when Serena P is going to go back and watch that boring ass date. Um, Cause it was so boring. So boring. Yeah, that it was, was so boring. boring. And I'll be honest with you. I started to feel a little differently about Matt in this episode because I thought the big speech that he gave her about like how he was feeling about her. I'm starting to get the sense that he's going to say that stuff to everybody. Um, yeah. I think Matt James is just along for the ride. If I don't fall in love, I don't fall in love. If I do fall in love, I do fall in love. I don't think he really cares at all. Similar to Tasha. I think he's just here for a good time because they both know exactly what's going to happen to them once the show is over, i.e. they're going to be famous. I feel like I tried to give Matt the benefit of the doubt, but like hearing him spout about Serena when there was really no identifiable connection. I was so bored. There was no chemistry. They had no I didn't think chemistry. there was any chemistry at all. And that's why I didn't understand his speech towards her at the table. I thought like, really, man? Because I didn't, I didn't see any of this. No, I agree. I was also a little confused. I thought Matt would like be not that interested in her, which I don't think he is. I think she probably makes it far though, but I don't think that um, she's not going to get picked. Well, I think she's like probably a reasonably fun person to hang out with. You know, he's probably, it's like not snoozy bored by her, but look, the producers don't send in the donkeys when you're having like a good chemistry moment. Like they send in the donkeys to like liven some things up. It's sort of like when Claire was on that raft and they sent in the dog to get her off the raft. (laughs) Yeah. I just think about Matt and like, think about Matt's Instagram. He's hanging out with Tyler Cameron in Jupiter, Florida in this ugly little like they're just like doing great. Like they're just little frat boy dummies, like just hanging out, doing funny pranks and videos and whatever they can to mess with people. So I think Matt obviously wants a funny girl. He needs like a girl who's like down to get dirty, down to be funny, down to like make fun of herself because that's what Matt and Tyler are doing all the time. Like that's his personality very clearly. That Serena girl was like very sweet, but I just don't think she would be like who Matt would want. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. But, Which would so, be fine, except that I just felt like he like laid it on really thick with her. And I think she was like buying every word of it because wh- why wouldn't she? But I, I don't know. I just didn't like how thick he laid it on with her. And um, I don't think, I don't think she's his top four by any means. Um, By the way, Lauren, I'm spoiler free. Are you? No, I'm not spoiler free. Okay. Well, don't tell me anything. But I think what the 
those girls did to Sarah was so extreme, so far, so unnecessary. I also would have cried. And then, yes. And then Sarah goes to Matt a third time. And so, yeah. I thought she was going to say she was going to stay, though, after she, like, listened to Matt say all that sweet stuff about her. Yeah. And I was going to die. But I have disliked Sarah since the moment we met her. I really? never liked her. Yes, because she said she's 24 and she says she's a broadcast journalist and she talks about how broadcasting is her passion. So I wanted to creep on her, i.e. another 24-year-old broadcasting journalist. And she doesn't have a single picture on her Instagram from her time as a reporter. And if she's only 24 and she says she's been taking care of her dad for a year, that means that you left when you were 23, which means you were only a news reporter for about a year, which is totally fine. But stop acting like you're a current broadcast journalist or it's your passion or this or that. When you haven't done it in two years, you were only a reporter for one year. Shut up. That's not true. So it's just my personal like irritants that like, you're not a reporter. Like you did it for one year out of college and then you quit to go be an influencer. And then she's getting a lot of heat on Instagram because she is currently living in LA and her parents are living in, I think, San Diego or Sacramento. I can't remember the two. Oh, so she's acting like she's this like ASL caretaker, which I'm sure she is. And I feel bad for her family and her dad. And I hope he's okay. Hey, but you're not there with him every single day. You are an influencer in LA and your parents are in San Diego. Maybe she does go home more frequently. Based on what she's telling me, I assumed she was like by his bedside daily. And that's just not what it seems from Instagram sleuth. And if you needed any more proof of clear producer intervention, the fact that they are bringing in the new girls next episode, that shows you how desperate they were to stir some things up. I hate when they bring in new girls because I don't have time to keep up with new girls. Then they better send home a big chunk of girls because I'm over that. Yeah. Um, I can't follow, can't keep up. And I just, I'm excited to learn. I want to see more about Matt. This story has so far is not about Matt at all. It's about these women and they're fighting, which is great. I love that. But I'm excited to hear more about Matt for me to actually decide if I like him or not. Like actually yeah. get to, you know what I mean? I feel like he doesn't get a lot of screen time. <laughs> yeah, no, totally agreed. So I think it's going to be good when they narrow it down. I think, it, is it going to be a fast season like Tasha's season was? I don't think so. I think it's going to be normal. Uh, well, it's taking too long for me and I need some girls to go away. <laughs> Do you think that um, Sarah is going to come back or Matt is going to be like hung up on her? No, I don't think so. I think she's a memory. I don't think he's too worried about her. I mean, I think he's like bummed that she left because she he probably saw some potential with her. Yeah. But I mean, what what is he going to cry about their one date? Right, exactly. I don't think he's too worried about that. But I did think the girls bullied her and were mean to her. No, I think the girls were terrible and the girls were bored and the girls bit. And the producers, I think, really riled up both sides. And, you know, God bless them. That's what they're here to do. All right, Lauren, I'll give you the last word so far on the season, on the episode. So far, so good. I I think it's fine. It definitely doesn't feel like stupid drama. I'm interested in it. I'm I don't know what it is about the season, but I don't hate it so far. I'm, I'm okay. honestly enjoying it, having a pretty decent time. I really like Matt. I think he's super hot. So it's better than Peter. Ugh. Thanks once again to my guests, Lauren and to Mariah. On a Mother Level is brought to you by me. I'm Denise Sinitka, your host, and you can find me on Instagram at On a Mother Level, where you can also get preview clips and see what is coming up week to week here on the podcast. This is On a Mother Level. We can relate. You have been listening to the WQAD Podcast Network.